The presenting sponsor for this episode of the Autism Dad podcast is Mightier. Okay, so I want to take a minute and talk about Mightier. Mightier is a clinically proven mobile gaming app which was developed at Boston Children's Hospital. It's already helped more than 100,000 kids, including my crew here at home. Now, if you're a longtime listener, you know that I'm very big into anything that empowers parents, and that's one of the things that's so great about Mightier. It empowers both parents and kids, and it's all done through play. So how does it work? Great question. Kids play on a tablet or a phone while wearing a heart rate monitor, and Mightier incorporates breathing exercises and other proven calming techniques as part of the game. Kids get to see when it's time to cool down, and they learn how to do it themselves, and parents get to track their progress. With time, those calming skills become muscle memory. All it takes is 15 minutes a day, three days a week, and 87% of parents see improvement inside of 90 days. That's amazing. So check out Mightier.com to learn more about the science behind Mightier and how it works. That's M-I-G-H-T-I-E-R.com and use the promo code THEAUTISMDAD to save 10%. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast. I'm Rob Gorski and I've got a really good show for you guys today. So stay tuned or get ready, whatever. Uh, First of all, uh, my voice is a little rough on recording this intro because I'm just getting over being sick and my kind of lost my voice a little bit. Uh, so it'll sound different than the actual interview because it recorded at different times. So please forgive the difference. Uh, secondly, we are going into the summer months now at the time of recording. And uh, that's sort of the traditional time where families go on vacation and they travel and do all that kind of stuff. But what happens when your family has neurodivergent loved ones? Like you have an autistic kid or you have a kid with ADHD or you have a kid who is prone to anxiety, right? Uh, traveling can be very, very difficult. And in a lot of cases, it's just avoided altogether. My guest today specializes in helping families like mine travel. And she wrote a book called Traveling Different, Vacation Strategies for Parents of the Anxious, the Inflexible, and the Neurodiverse. And she's here today to talk about that and help us get a better understanding of the options that are available, some techniques, tips and tricks, all that kind of stuff that can help us do the things that a lot of other families sometimes take for granted. So thank you, Don Barclay, for taking the time to come on the show. Would you take a second and just introduce yourself and give us a little bit about your background? Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, My name is John M. Barkley. I have been in uh, travel my whole life. I have been a travel trade reporter for the past 34 years on and off. I'm currently the special needs uh, and family travel contributing editor for a trade publication called Insider Travel Report. But that follows a number of other publications I was with. And I've written this book called Traveling Different, vacation strategies for parents of the anxious, the inflexible, and the neurodiverse. So it's 344 pages of tips uh, for traveling in every mode of transportation and uh, different venues, how to build a trip around a child's passions. Anything you can think of is in there. And that comes out August 15th, but is available for pre-order now. Okay, very cool. And I'll make sure to have uh, links for the the pre-order in the show notes so people can, can check that out and we'll put your website and stuff on there as well. Great. Um, um, what are some of the challenges, uh, when it comes to traveling, whether it's for business or vacations or whatever the, the reason is when you have, you know, kids who are maybe anxious or neurodiverse, uh, what are, what are some of the challenges that families face? Well, it always depends on the child, of course, but Mostly it is, 
say you have a child on the spectrum, usually they have sensory issues, which will mean that they're going to react to crowds. And there are a lot of crowds when you're traveling, they're going to react to um, confined spaces. They're going to react to changes in their environment. And all of travel is about changes in their environment. So um, preparation is key. I go into a long discussion of how to prepare. And these are also good tips for neurotypical children as well, because any child taken out of their comfort zone is going to become uh, inflexible and anxious as all of us would be when they were right. young. Uh, but it's really a matter of thinking of the trip from A to Z. And I've broken it up into how to start small, how to decide where you're going to go, whether you want to go domestically or internationally, airlines, buses, trains, car trips, um, restaurants, hotels, tours, uh, special interest museums, uh, anything you can think of, even how to travel with older children, sports vacations that are geared to uh, children on the spectrum, anything you can think of, I try to put in the book. What are some of the, I guess, what are, okay, so we talked about like sensory issues, that, and that is a big thing. Uh, trying to find places that are um, sensory friendly can be very difficult uh, when you're traveling. What are some of the, um, I guess, what are some of the basic things that, that parents should think about when they are maybe going to take a flight to Florida or, or something like that and, and their child is autistic and can maybe uh, deal with some of the things like sensory issues? Um, what are some of the things that they can do to help make that a successful trip and one that, that isn't uh, maybe as traumatic for their child as you know, it might be otherwise. Absolutely. So when it comes to airlines, first of all, the key to traveling with somebody on the spectrum is to make the trip as predictable as possible. So I'm sure since you have three children on the spectrum that you're familiar with social stories. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've spoken about social stories on the podcast, but I can give your listeners just the idea that Carol sure. Gray created this idea of social stories which um, there are stories that are written from the child's point of view that use narrative, photos, and drawings to guide the child through the experience, preparing him or her for the, for the social interactions that might be required in prompting desired responses. So that's sort of like official. Um, but you might also create a visual schedule. You're, you're going to want to make it as clear as possible what the child is going to go through. That might involve videos. In the case of airlines, the beautiful part is there are um, programs that'll let your child actually come to the airport and walk through the entire process from check-in to TSA to actually getting to the gate. So they can preview that whole experience before it's time for the actual trip and they'll have a frame of reference when it is time for the trip. Uh, there's a group called Wings for Autism that does that program in many airports around the country. They stopped for COVID. Hopefully they're going to be starting again. I know American Airlines recently introduced a program at nine airports where they did it, but it was only one day a year. Wings for Autism was more frequent than that. Uh, often you can call the airline themselves and they will um, have somebody meet you and walk you through the trip, show you the airport. Um, you're going to with all things related to travel, you're going to probably want to work with a certified autism travel age, uh, travel professional, CATP. These are people who have 
gone through an extensive 10-part course with exams and continuing education to know how to deal with people and their children on the spectrum and provide what you need. So they will be able to make preparations. They'll be able to give advance notice to the airlines uh, that you are traveling and you have a spectrum child. Um, they can do the same thing for hotels. They can find the hotels that will work best for you. Um, with airlines, you're going to um, want to seek out sensory spaces in airports that offer it. So there's a place to decompress. You're going to, um, when you make your reservations, you're going to want to look into programs like TSA Cares, which will have somebody actually meet you and walk you through the process of going through um, the pat down, which you don't necessarily have to do with the child, and uh, they can help calm the child down, or they can look for uh, triggers that might be happening and help you out. Uh, you're going to want to make sure if your child's a picky eater that you bring food along on the flight if the airline will permit it and arrange for special meals that the child will like. Um, and if your journey involves a layover, part of your advanced research research should actually be in investigating what's available at your midway point. There might be a sensory room there or a playground area or whatever you need. Uh, and you're going to want to make sure that your carry-on luggage includes items that are going to both distract and calm your child. Usually electronics are very big, but also noise-canceling noise headphones. And mm -hmm. um, one of the best tips I heard from one of the people was this, this book is the culmination of about 100 different interviews with, with various parents and CATPs and allies and mental health professionals, one of my favorite tips was to bring along some sort of toy that the child can press. And so they're not pressing the, um, the steward, Stewardess the steward, steward, yeah, the, the, the flight attendant, flight attendant. Yeah. Yeah. The overhead light. So um, those are a couple of the tips for airlines. Yeah. You had mentioned, uh, my, uh, my friend Holly Robinson, Pete just shared something on, um, Instagram where they, I can't remember the name of the air. Was it United maybe, but they're doing practice flights yeah, for autistic kids. Mm -hmm. Is that, I mean, do they actually like fly? I or, don't or is it like, think so. I might be boarding the plane. Okay. I have to look more into that as well because I know American is running a program and I know wings for autism is run, running a program and jet blue is very friendly uh, for bringing you on and taking you around. I had parents who talked about that. Um, United was not, you know, I did not see that information. That's just what I popped in my head. I can't remember. But I'm going to definitely research it because I have a blog called Traveling Different that's going to back up the book because things change all the time. And I, once the book's done, I can't change it until they <laughs> yeah, you you have know, to, put so out you another edition. So you can have like uh, updates for, yeah. for traveling things. Yes. Um, how has well, traveling with COVID is probably made things immensely more challenging, I would think. Um, but you, you mentioned about um, successful trips should be child-centric and should revolve around the child's special interests. So what, what do you mean by that? What I mean is that when you're traveling with children who have special needs, it's their trip, not yours. You have to, it's not like, oh, we're going on this trip and we're just going to bring you along. You have to base that trip around the child because you had your time to travel before the children were born. You'll have it again one day, hopefully, but this is really their trip, or at least you should think that way if you want the trip to be successful. And one of the things um, 
that we know about children on the spectrum is many of them have circumscribed uh, interests that they can spend up to 16 hours a day, you know, amusing themselves with and talking about. And so uh, what I consider the heart of the book is a chapter that's dedicated to those special interests. So say you have an interest in trolley cars. I list museums of trolley cars around the country. They're broken out by state and then by city. So if you happen to be going on a trip there, you might go and spend some time at that museum. But I, I came up with as many special interests as I could and researched those museums and special events in the case of car racing and things like that. Um, so if your child loves rocks, you might go on a trip to a quarry and I list those. Or if your child loves construction, there are construction museums. I had one parent whose child loved elevators and I found elevator museums and grain museums, a grain a elevator. So there are, um, I, I think you have to think in terms of the child and, and have the child, uh, the trip revolve around them. So, so I guess, um, like if I were traveling if we were traveling to Florida or something and I, and I was going to fly and I could make arrangements for um, you know, the kids to kind of see what the experience is going to be like ahead of time. Yeah. But like if I'm going there for a specific purpose, like there's a purpose to the trip um, in, in reality, there's a purpose to the trip, making it sort of centered around the kids could be just simply including things that, touch on their interests. So like, um, Legoland or, or something like that, where, where they can, for them, the trip could be centered around that. And then dad's also going to be doing this, you know, while we're down there too. So, So you're basically focusing on the positive for the kids. And then that helps them to maybe better deal with the adult stuff that has to happen while they're there, uh, as well. Is that, Absolutely. is that kind of what you mean? Yeah. And then you would couple that with trying to stay at hotels that are either certified autism centers or uh, autism friendly. And I do list many, many uh, properties as well as um, venues like theme parks and uh, water parks and uh, different venues in the book that are either certified as autism friendly by um, IBCCES or there are other certification groups like Culture City and Sensory City. I know that Autism Speaks is trying to set up a, um, a certification program. So whenever you see something in the book or something elsewhere that says they're autism friendly, it's always a good idea to call them and find out exactly what that means because what? it varies. And just because it's autism friendly for one doesn't mean it's autism friendly necessarily for your child. Things change and you can lose a designation or you can gain a designation, but also make sure that the the program that you want or the amenity or, uh, you want is available when you'll be there. Because I found that there are some museums that have a sensory day one Saturday a month. That might not be the Saturday you're there. So you really have to couple my research with your own due diligence. What are, are you seeing a trend in the travel industry when it comes to accommodation and inclusion? Is uh, Are we moving in the right direction as far as um, accommodating the needs of, of like the neurodiverse community? I think so. I think that because um, these groups have st- set up these these certifications and there are more, more of them doing it, that even just from an economic and marketing standpoint, 
if I was a property, I would want to make my property as accessible as I could to as many people as I could. All right, real quick break. Um, starting something new. I'm going to start dropping trailers for podcasts that I'm really a big fan of. And I got a couple of friends named Brian and Sean. They have a podcast called Just Two Dads. They're absolutely hilarious. Once you guys start listening to them, you're never going to want to stop. So you have been warned. Here's a trailer. Enjoy. Make sure you guys check them out. Hi, I'm Sean Francis. And I'm Brian Altunian. And, and we are... We are just, just two, two dads. dads. <laughs> it's just, that doesn't, I don't, we're not professionals, obviously. We know yeah, what we're doing. I, this is real as it gets. Anyway, we are just two dads and we have a weekly podcast, Anywhere You Get Podcast, where we talk about different issues that affect the special needs community, especially when it comes to raising a child and from a dad's perspective. Look at you're watching this stopwatch. You want to make sure that we get this all in in 30 seconds. You can catch us That's live right. every week on Facebook or you catch us on our YouTube channel under We Are Just Two Dads or podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. Hope that you'll catch us weekly on Just Two Dads. See you then. Like when I traveled to uh, Orlando and I, I was evaluating the the, um, uh, the double tree that was down there and they were tied to SeaWorld in Orlando and SeaWorld mm-hmm. is sensory friendly now. Yes. And I don't know if the double tree, I think during COVID they let the certification go because they didn't have, um, I think it was the, uh, staffing. They had staffing issues with COVID like everybody did. Mm-hmm. And, and my understanding is they're going to be picking it back up. But what, like when you have, uh, like hotels or, um, you know, sensory rooms, I just had a conversation with someone from Pittsburgh international airport and I'm going to be working with them. I mean, I don't, I don't know when this one will come out, but um, doing something they have, uh, it's called Presley's Place. And it's a huge sensory room in the center of the airport that is, you know, for adults and kids who are overstimulated or just need that sensory uh, uh, calming or whatever, you know, if they're, they're overstimulated. And they can go into this room mm-hmm. and it, it's just massive. And uh, it helps them to kind of, reground themselves, I guess, and, 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 uh, decompress when you are talking about, uh, hotels or, or places where people can stay or theme parks when they are autism friendly or sensory friendly, do you have like, what does that mean? I guess, if that makes sense. It means that many of them have areas that are quieter. Uh, and I mean, again, theme parks, it's different than a museum, but in um, a theme park, they might give you a map of which areas are uh, quieter Mm. and they might let, they have programs to let you skip to the front of the line. Mm. Um, Some of them will allow you to keep your stroller with you so that the child isn't always standing. Mm. Um, And it varies by program. I do talk about a lot of them as well as aquariums and zoos and water parks and, and, what they offer, but say in a museum, it might be a time when there are fewer crowds, a time when the lighting is lower. That's Mm -hmm. important. Uh, Another person said, if you take a child on a tour, say to a museum, make sure you go to one that gives them a headset so that they don't get distracted by talking to people around them. Yeah. Yeah. So there, you know, it depends where you're going. I do cover uh, that Pittsburgh room. Really? The, yeah, I, I do. I, I talk about that as well. Um, but it's whatever is going to make it quieter for the child or, you know, 
if you go to a if you go to a muse a theme park, bring along not only noise canceling headphones but sunglasses even at night because of the flashing the lights, lights. And flashing lights. So tips like that. And those are all things that like uh, in the heat of the moment, like when you're packing for a trip and all the chaos that's probably ensuing because there's all these things that you're trying not to forget. There's some very basic things that can have a significant impact on, on the overall, I guess you can call it success of the trip or, or how well your child uh, tolerates it, you know, or enjoys it. Sunglasses, noise canceling headphones, uh, their tablets. I mean, there's all kinds of uh, things that, that, can make a significant difference that are probably easy to overlook in the moment. And, yeah. In and, every, in every chapter, I include information about a go-to bag. And the, um, the reason I do that is ooh. because I figure people who are reading the book are going to jump around. They're not just going to read it from beginning to end. If they're going on a bus trip, they're going to read that chapter. If they're going on a cruise, they're going to read that chapter. So I include this go-to bag and there's always like uh, sensory, like fidget toys, mm-hmm. foods, electronics, um, change of clothes, anything that might come up is listed there. So it's a quick reminder of what they should bring. It's like a, like a, like a go bag. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, and that can also include things like battery operated motion detectors if you're going on a cruise so that you can make sure the child doesn't go out onto the balcony. Yeah. Um, GPS trackers that you might sew in their clothes if you're going to an amusement park. So if you lose them, you can find them again. Uh, So there's whole areas in the book about safety and precautions to take as well. There are checklists of what, how to evaluate, say, a vacation rental if you don't want to go to a hotel, if you want the quietness of just being the only people on the property, how to evaluate that, how to evaluate a campground. All that information is included. Very, very cool. I remember when I was at, um, one thing that really stuck out, we were talking about the SeaWorld a minute ago. You know, you wonder how, how can you make SeaWorld or, or an amusement park like that sensory friendly? But you're right. They have quiet rooms. They have sensory rooms that are um, scattered kind of throughout the park where, you know, you could take your kids and they can decompress. But they have signs up that tell you what you're going to be walking into ahead of you, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of smells you're going to be smelling, what type of, uh, you know, if the air is going to be like misty because you're, you're by a roller coaster that dips into the water. It, it helps you to prepare so that you're not uh, surprised. And I, and I think what's helpful is like when you have a kid who might deal, uh, be dealing with, with sensory issues and maybe they, they have aversions to certain smells and you're going by the seals or whatever. And it smells like dead fish because people are feeding the seals, you know, ahead of time walking into that, that this is what it's going to smell like. This is why it's going to smell that way. And you can prepare your kids because if they understand why it's going to smell that way, then it, sometimes they can be more tolerant of it when they know um, like they're going to get to feed the seals or that, you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and that was a really cool experience to see that. And at the hotel, they had um, designated areas for kids to just have meltdowns. Like if you were, if you were out at the pool, um, there were areas that if you're, if your kid was getting overstimulated and you needed to, uh, they were having a meltdown, there was a safe place right off to the side where it was, there was some privacy and, and your kids could just kind of chill there and, uh, it kind of gets you away from everybody else so that you don't feel like you're being, um, stared at or judged or anything like that. And it, and it was just a nice 
it was a nice thing to see. Like we didn't need it, but it was, it was nice to see that they thought about all those things. And when you walk in, they give you this care bag for each of the kids that include, uh, um, their passive noise canceling headphones, not, not the uh, active kind, but noise canceling headphones, all kinds of fidgets and, and things that the kids can kind of occupy themselves with. Um, and, and they walked you through the hotel and showed you where everything was. And there were staff members who were specially trained and had experience uh, with autistic kids so that if you needed help, you had backup. They weren't like looking over your shoulder, but you knew you had somebody there who was able to assist you and understood what was going on uh, if you needed it. And that was pretty empowering, especially like as a single dad taking my three kids down there by myself. Uh, I was scared, honestly. I, yeah. I thought it was a good thing to do, but you know, it, it was just enough that it was, um, I felt capable and empowered. And that's important. I think for parents to feel that way so that they can navigate some of these things and they get to have all those experiences that families like to have. That I are just totally harder. agree. Yeah. I mean, that's what's so great about these certification programs because they spend the time to train the staff on how to help. And I think your experience is amazing that those those amenities were available and more and more properties are learning. I mean, entire cities are, are getting certified like Mesa, yep. Arizona or now Visalia, California. They're becoming the tourist board gets involved and then reaches out and tries to get the hotels and the restaurants and the venues involved so that, you know, if you go to, say, Mesa, Arizona, you're not going to have a problem. You can relax and know that everyone's been trained. And that's yeah. just a wonderful, you know, same thing with, let's say, beaches in um, Jamaica and Turks and Caicos. They're advanced autism uh, certified autism centers. So, you know, that they have had heavy training um in how to work with children on the spectrum and that's a relief to parents who can yeah. relax and sort of enjoy themselves same thing with cruising with autism on the seas and there were as you're yeah. sure you're aware five major cruise lines that have dedicated themselves to helping people on the spectrum that's really cool that, that we're seeing a trend where um everything is becoming more inclusive and and i think you know, one of the things that really stood out to me is, is it's more of, um, I mean, there's not always something that somebody can actually do. Like as a parent, for me, there wasn't really something anybody could do for me when I was down there. Cause like, I already know what I need to do, but it was knowing that people understood, mm -hmm. right. And that they weren't judging me and they weren't judging my kids if they were having a problem that, um, that it was a safe space, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's something that is, um, I think until recently was, was just not widely available. No, it's wonderful. But when now when you see what a large percentage of the population say is on the spectrum, if you one out of every 44 kids is on the spectrum, that's a big percentage of business. These places don't want to, you know, lose out on just to put it in economic terms. And yeah. you do mention people sort of looking on, and, and inconsiderately judging. Um, and there's a whole section of one of the chapters on how parents that I interviewed deal with that and how they work with their children to, to deal with that. So, cause I thought that was, um, an important topic. Yeah. It seems like you've covered, uh, everything. Yeah, pretty much. I'm really tired. <laughs> how, how long did you, how long did it take to write the book? Well, you know, it's interesting. I wanted to write the book in 2008 and I interviewed Tony Atwood, 
okay. who was um, an expert. Even at that time, um, I met him at Stony Brook at a conference for autism, and I started interviewing him. And I interviewed Ellen Littman, who's an expert in ADHD, especially ADHD with girls. And then I hit a stumbling block because I didn't know where else to go and who else to interview because these certification programs weren't around. Mm -hmm. I didn't really have access. There weren't the kind of autism parent groups that you find now on Facebook uh, and other, uh, other social media. And once I saw that the... Um, IBCCES had created the Certified Autism Travel Professional Program. That's when I knew, and that was back in, um, when did I, when did I, um, like 2019, I saw that that existed, and then I knew exactly how I could write the book. I knew that I could speak to all of those travel professionals, and they were very gracious, and so many of them spoke with me, and, and again and again, they had great patience, um, and gave me names of their uh, parents. Obviously, the parents agreed ahead of time to be interviewed, mm -hmm. and um, there was just so much more information available on the internet as well to follow that the book came together. So once I um, started writing it, I guess it was around October of 2019, and then with the layoffs, thanks to COVID, I had plenty of time to write it. And it took me about a year. <laughs> wow. That's, but that's so, I mean, that's such an invaluable resource for parents. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I wish it had been available when um, my children were younger. And I'm really glad to be able to provide it and the blog that's going to back it up because there's information coming out all the time and I'm either putting it on the Twitter feed or I'm putting it on Facebook or, and mm -hmm. I'm writing the original stories on my blog to, um, to back up the book. So it's always current. Every, every, you, what you just said something that, that I say, every time I do one of these interviews, I'm, I'm like, Oh my God, like I wish that was available 20 years ago when yeah. my youngest was, uh, or my oldest, my oldest, definitely my oldest, um, uh, was really struggling with just daily life. Uh, there are so many resources that, that we have available to us now that would have been so beneficial back then. And one of the things that I really like doing with this podcast is to, is to connect families, especially people who are like just starting out, you know, connecting them with information like uh, uh, traveling different as a resource so that they can avoid a lot of the pitfalls that like I had to learn the hard way. Right. Like I fell in every one of those potholes along the way. And, and, uh, and there's a lot of things that travel was something that we just avoided because yeah. I, I was like, man, we can't even go to the grocery store. There's no way we're going to go, you know, for a five hour car ride. I mean, that, that's just not going to happen, but there are ways to make it happen. Yeah. And there was uh, actually a survey of special needs parents and out of a thousand, 93% said they didn't travel, but they would, if they knew where to go and, and how to do it. So I'm very, very happy cool. to be able to open up, hopefully open up the world to those people. Very cool. Uh, and you said the book will be coming out August 15th. 15th but okay. it is available for pre-order now in the hardcover and the um, audiobook version. The digital, like the ebook, I don't think you can pre-order. It'll come out on August to get the book and um, anything else they want to know as well as the blog. Okay. And the book is available in all the typical online places like Amazon, Amazon and yeah. Barnes and Noble and the indie book places. Uh, it's available worldwide from what I could see. And um, um, 
Okay. And it has links to where if they could ask their libraries to order it, then it would be available to people who can't afford it. Very cool. Uh, thank you so much because so many families feel excluded from the everyday things that other f- families get to enjoy or take for granted, you know, and travel, I think is one of them. Vacations are one of them. Um, and, and helping families to better navigate the situations and finding ways of overcoming maybe what they thought were insurmountable obstacles, uh, is, is so important for mental health and just that, that family bond getting to have, make those memories that, that so many people I think maybe take for granted, you know, because it's just easier for them to get up and go do something because it doesn't require the same amount of planning or it doesn't require, um, you know, managing some of those same challenges. So thank you, uh, for writing that. And I will have all of that information in the show notes below. Uh, you guys will be able to check out the website and, um, I'm sure they can connect with you directly uh, from the website and it has all your social stuff on there as well. Yeah. And actually if they find, uh, if they've had, um, experiences that are other than what I've listed, if they'd like to share an anecdote with me that could go on the blog or in a future, a future publication, or if they've found, uh, various venues that they found to be particularly friendly, uh, then I would love to hear about it. Or just if, You've traveled when you didn't think you could, and my email is there in the book, and I would love to hear from you. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Again, thank you. All the information will be in the show notes below. You guys can check that out and, uh, you know, uh, reach out to Dawn and share your stories and connect and learn something. So thank you. Have, what is, it's Monday. Have a great week. (laughs) Thank you so much. I never know what day it is. Every time, every time I'm closing these things out, I'm like, I got it all planned out in my head and I lose track of the day. And I'm like, oh, let's think about it. It's Monday. So have a great week. Thanks so much. You too. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> take care. Thank you. Before I close things out today, I just want to say thank you to Don for taking the time to come on the show and talking to us about her book, Traveling Different, Vacation Strategies for Parents of the Anxious, the Inflexible, and the Neurodiverse. Uh, you can find more information about her book at donbarclayinc.com. It comes out on August 15th at the time of recording, so it may be out by the time you're listening to this. I don't know. But you can pre-order the book from her website or on Amazon, wherever you get your books at. You can also find information for contacting Don at her website. The links will be in the show notes below. So thank you, Don, for your time. I really appreciate it. Also, there's a bit of housekeeping real quick. Uh, I set up a group on Reddit specifically for this podcast and its episodes where you can talk about uh, the content of of the episodes. You can have questions, uh, talk to other people who are listening and get feedback and opinions and bounce ideas off, whatever. I'm open to topic suggestions, guest suggestions, pitches, whatever you guys want to do. It's on that forum. It's totally free. There's already a bunch of people signed up. So just go ahead and do it. And uh, I'd love to get your feedback. Um, about what you're listening to and, and the content that I'm providing for you guys. So uh, link will be in the show notes below. Outside of that, as always, you can find me at theautismdad.com. All my social links are at the top of the page. You can like and subscribe to this podcast on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps. Just please subscribe. I really appreciate that. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next Monday. Thanks. Bye.